Good morning on a cold Friday here in New York City. That's where we're broadcasting from. This is TalkingAlternative.com, Secrets of the Sire, brought to you proudly, and I'll tell you who it is, by Sports Tech. Sports Tech is the proud sponsor of Secrets of the Sire. Unlock your golf game through the ultimate hands-free golf tool that can tell you everything you need to lower your score and improve your swing. Two things I greatly, greatly need. I went golfing once, um, and it was it was pretty horrible. I actually hit the head of the golf club onto the ground, right off the club and into the water hazard. Um, I had we luckily had a threesome. We were joined by a single uh, who was a golf pro at the um, club that we were playing at. It was down in South Carolina, and he um, thankfully said, "I'll cover for you. Don't worry, you won't have to pay anything." And he was right. So, um, sports tech can help people like me can help people like you improve their swing and lower your score. And if uh, you want to be part of the creation, visit their page. It's GoFundMe.com slash Sports Tech. So check them out. Awesome stuff. We are Secrets of the Sire. We talk comic books, TV, movies, pop culture every Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern. We got Periscope going. We're going to live stream a little bit later on YouNow.com as well um, and YouTube.com. Um, just having a lot of def- uh, little technical difficulties trying to get things rolling this morning. But uh, you know what? It's Friday, so who cares? Um, it's also a very special Friday. Deadpool movie opens up. We spoke about it two weeks ago on the show. My feeling, pretty evident. I put, I wrote a blog together, um, posted it onto the Secrets of the Sire page. Unfortunately, I think it's going to flop. But fortunately, I might be wrong. Um, the reviews so far been hearing uh, three stars as the average, which is good. Um, some folks have been chiming in that uh, reviews have been great, so that's uh, that's always great to hear as well, too. Look, look, the bottom line is I want the movie to succeed. I really do. It's not like I'm sitting here rooting against Fox Studios, um, hoping that they'll pull a Sony and turn all the X-Men characters back over to Marvel Studios. Well, actually, I kind of am. I'm not going to lie. I'd, I would love to see that. I would love to see all the Marvel Universe put under one roof. <clears throat> I would love to see the comic books be able to um, put out a Fantastic Four book again, which they haven't done because they're kind of smiting Fox Studios um, for ruining the franchise in the movie version. Um, well, they're just not promoting it. Human Torch is right now is currently in the Marvel Universe, um, but it's you know no evidence of Fantastic Four. And... Marvel, because they don't own the X-Men movie rights, I mean, they own the right, they get money from it, but they don't own the story rights, Um, and a lot of comic book readers know this, right now you can't actually, you know, they're they're really pumping in humans, Um, they rename the, you know, the X-Men books and, and making it a little harder to find, like I actually was in my comic book store recently though, and they finally had an Uncanny X-Men book out again, they haven't had that in, in a while, it's been uh, X-Men or X-Force or it's been um, Uncanny Avengers, you know, things like that. They're, they're re- and they're really, really pumping the Inhumans. But um, so, yeah. So, yeah, look, part of me wants to see Deadpool and part of me wants to see Wolverine and part of me wants to see all these X-Men characters back in their correct universe. Um, the way Sony kind of did it with Spider-Man, who will be appearing in Captain America Civil War. And uh, Spider-Man, yes, yeah, Sam is... See, this is great. I'm actually, I get to inform 
any non-comic book uh, readers out there, um, any non-comic book movie aficionados, like my engineer Sam, who uh, uh, runs TalkingAlternative.com, um, he had no idea. Spider-Man will be in Captain America Civil War in May, and they'll be rebooting that movie uh, later on, but it will be a Marvel Studios movie. Um, so it's good stuff. It's good stuff all around. So rooting for Deadpool, rooting for Ryan Reynolds. Um, today's show, we, got, we have a great guest coming on in the second segment. His name is Pat Shand. Um, he's currently a staff writer at Zenoscope Comics. I really wanted to talk today about breaking into comics, but I, besides the, the typical how-to, okay, uh, you know, I, I think I've read enough blog entries, I've read enough, I mean, I read magazine articles back in the 90s before blogs even existed. I mean, I guess blogs existed, but, um, you know, not in the same way, shape, or form that they are today. Um, back in the, you know, back in the nineties on how to break in and how to break in was always a, a funny topic because when you're an 11 year old kid and you're drawing in your, in your, in your, your room and you're creating all these characters, um, I created, I mean, I must've created like a hundred different characters that all kind of resembled Marvel comic book characters because that's just what I loved. Um, you always dream about breaking in and what does it actually mean to break into comics? And as you get older and you start working for a living, um, be it at a day job, be it as a graphic designer, be it at Wizard Magazine, like I had the uh, opportunity to do so in the mid-2000s, or be it just peddling your ware from convention to convention, seeing your book get picked up by a distributor, seeing your, book, your name in print. I mean, there are countless stories of breaking in, and that's kind of what I wanted to talk to Pat about today, because um, he's a great example. I mean, he's doing it from all kinds of angles. And you can too. Um, there is no uh, there is no path, and that's kind of the cool part about any fun creative job, right? I mean, when you grow up in a family like I did that worked nine to five, and they worked. My parents worked, and they still work. My mom is still working. She's you know sixty five and still going strong. Uh, my dad is is seventy two and and retired, but um, you know it's it's. Um, they grew up in a in a in a world where creative jobs that didn't exist. It was you go to school. My mom, um, you know, she had such joy on her face when I graduated college because she never got the opportunity to go to college. It was get a job, work, work as hard as you can, make as much money as you can because they came from simple upbringing. Um, so to see, you know see me graduate college and and be you know out in the workforce that was her that was always her dream now my dream was always different my dream was always I want to make comics I want to make comics it's all I want to do and to this day I still I want to make comics but as I've kind of made comics and I've kind of done all kinds of different jobs now uh, in the creative field website design graphic design um, you know, logo design, talk radio now, um, you know, blog writing, there's uh, article writing, music writing. I mean, it's, there is no set path. It's not like a teacher, you know, you go to four years of college, you student teach, you go to grad school, you get your, you get your degree, you get your job, you get tenure. And once you get tenure, oh man, tenure, that's a whole other, that's a whole other hour we could talk about how, I mean, how amazing that is. I have a lot of teacher friends um, it's an amazing thing that you can't get fired. Anyway, um, that's a set path, though. It's a set path. There is no set path. And so today, really wanted to get into first experiences. We've got responses from uh, Marvel Comics inker Mark McKenna. 
got some responses from Aspen and DC and Wildstorm Penciler and a good friend of mine, Talent Caldwell. Mark McKenna's a good friend too. Don't want to don't weigh them unequally. Um, Gail Simone, Deadpool, chimed in this week on my Twitter account. And um, so we were able to actually get some real creators. And then, of course, we have Pat Shand, who works at Zenoscope. And Zenoscope, for a lot of people they don't, that might not know, Zenoscope is, a, is a, an independent comic book company. They've been around a long time now, though. And they publish Grimm's Fairy Tales. They revolve around that, that Grimm's Fairy Tales, you know, open public um, uh, characters that you're able to, to kind of, you know, the public domain characters, Robin Hood, and, um, you know, they did the Alice in Wonderland, um, Return to Wonderland storyline a few years ago that Sire Penciler Dan Leister contributed artwork to. Actually, really, that got him real notoriety. And that's kind of the cool part, you know, there's actually jobs out there in comics for, you know, people that just want to work hard and kind of network and kind of get in there. And um, before we get into that with Pat, though, I wanted to recount my first comic book experience where I officially kind of made it. And I wouldn't say made it in the sense that, you know, again, it's, it's a different feeling. And we had some people chime in on our uh, Facebook page, facebook.com slash secrets of the sire. And we had people chime in on the Twitter account. It's at Michael underscore Dolce. We'll have a show page. We'll have a show Twitter page next week for you to chime in as well. So... Two really cool stories that I have. One is Chicago Comic-Con 2006. Um, I had just left Wizard. I was out there working on The Sire. The Sire was a uh, diamond-distributed book. That alone was a huge accomplishment to know that it was going to be in stores. People could actually buy it. Um, I had previously self-published, so my first official comic book work was actually a self-published book. 2002 called Crossfire. It was actually the basis for the Sire. Um, submitted it to Diamond. Submitted it. Yeah, try talking. Try saying that five times fast. Submitted it to Diamond and got rejected. Peddled it from convention to convention um, for a good year before accepting a job uh, doing websites uh, and being the website editor at Wizard. Following Wizard, I'm in Chicago Comic Con. We had just launched the book book was in stores in I think it was like that July or that June and August was a huge show for us and a guy came up to our table and he had the sire it was unsigned and my immediate reaction to him was well did I not sign this for you when I sold it to you and he says oh no 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 no! I bought this in stores Um, I have you on my list of creators that I want to meet and I want to get a signature from oh blew me away like absolutely blew me away. The fact that this guy, no idea who he was, wasn't a friend of mine, wasn't somebody. I mean, I, obviously I can talk a little bit. I have a good sales pitch. Um, and I'd gotten really good at doing that from convention to convention, doing it for years. But this guy absolutely had no idea who I was, went to the store, either read a review on the sire, heard something about it. Uh, Wizard was so great back then, uh, helping me promote the book. Came out to the show and wanted my autograph. That was the first moment that I ever, in my head, you know, made it. I was a professional, and anybody who has a similar experience to that can can really relate. Second story I want to tell you is, and this one's this one's just actually, to this day, it makes me kind of laugh a little bit. Somebody uh, emailed me back in '09. Hey, I, uh, you know, I represent this uh, singer down in Australia. His name is Michael Dolce, 
And uh, you own MichaelDolce.com, and we would like to buy that from you because he needs that. So I wrote him back and said, look, I'm an artist, I'm a writer, I'm aspiring, I'm, you know, I'm a published writer and a published author and a published artist, and, I, and you know, I need this. Um, so unfortunately, you know, I, really, I really can't sell you the domain name. He writes back to me and he says, oh, you're the Michael Dolce. He says, if I knew that uh, I was talking to you, I have all your books I, whenever we come to the States, I pick them up, love the series. If I knew it was you, I wouldn't even have wasted your time. My deepest apologies. So Sam is, Sam is, uh, is, is kind of gasping in the same method that I did when I read the email. Um, I, I definitely, uh, framed that and, uh, sent that to my mom. Um, that, that's mom material right there. So these are two great stories. We've got a whole bunch more. But coming up next, we have our guest is Pat Shand. He's a writer and an editor at Zenoscope Comics. So we're going to get his first comics experience. I want to hear what his first made it moment was. And, uh, and then we're going to talk about what he does for a living and, and, and how you guys can do the same. So Secrets of the Sire, TalkingAlternative.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And, and welcome, welcome to, to 21st, 21st Century Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun for you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business and your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21st CE Radio or Talk Alternative. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back, Periscope peeps. We had a phone call come into my uh, cell phone while we were uh, in the first segment. So uh, any friends of mine who are listening, don't call me right now. You're going to eliminate Russia. We had, we had at least three or four guests from Russia. And uh, those guests were definitely excited to listen to our next guest. This is uh, Pat Shan from Zenoscope. Pat, are you there? I'm there, I think so, right? Yes, you're definitely there. I can hear you. Excellent. So. How's it going? <laughs> it's going really good. It's going really good. Today, uh, we're talking about a number of different comics-related um, subjects, and uh, the number one subject that we're going to talk about is breaking into comics and the, and the most memorable experience you can think of. But first, what do you think Deadpool is going to do, and, and uh, are you going to be seeing it this weekend? Are you excited? Give me your thoughts. Um, I am going to be seeing it, yes. Um I'm going to be writing a piece on it, actually, for Blast Off Comics. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know how it's going to do. Um, it's had this crazy, awesome, really smart marketing campaign. Um, I mean, 
personally, the campaign has been a little bit grating recently because you have all these people that are just screaming about how um, kids shouldn't see Deadpool, and obviously that's true. But it's it, it's sort of become look how hardcore I am, which is grating. <laughs> um, but um, it's it, it's a big summer blockbuster right in the middle of winter, so I have no idea how it's going to do. You know, it's um, it, it's a really interesting thing to try to put this kind of juggernaut um, campaign behind a February movie. Like it's it, it's kind of going to I think see how much steam the superhero um, industry still has. You know, um, so yeah, I have no idea, but I'm very interested to see. That's a good point, actually, too. Uh, what do you think? Uh, this is Valentine's Day weekend, too. I mean, is this? Can you picture um, taking your significant other, um, who may or may not have ever heard of this character, to see Deadpool? Well, I'm gonna hopefully be doing so tomorrow, so I'll find out then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she must really love you. <laughs> she, she does. You know, one of our first dates ever was Winter Soldier, and she she loved it. So hey. You have a winner there. Um, it's I do, I it's do. funny. It's funny you mentioned too. Kids not seeing the movie. I was actually in Barnes and Noble yesterday, um, and I saw not one but two separate mothers buying Deadpool comics for their kids who are maybe like six, seven years old, maybe eight, maybe nine, ten. You know, I can't judge. I'm having a kid next week, and I still don't even. I I can't judge children's ages, but uh, they were young. Oh, it's impossible. Yeah, they were young, and. Um, and the, and the mothers were like, what comic do you want? Oh, we want Deadpool. We want Deadpool. And, um, you know, I, so I kind of cringed a little bit. I actually, I actually tweeted Rob Liefeld um, that I cringed a little bit because um, it was cool that they wanted a Deadpool comic. But um, I don't know if their mothers knew exactly what they, were, uh, what they were getting for their kids there. Right, yeah. I mean, honestly, though, if we look back at our childhood, we, I specifically remember having that friend who had the illegal pay-per-view that you could tune into any <laughs> radio station, and we were just like eight, nine, ten-year-olds watching R-rated movies. You know, it's, it's going to happen to every generation, and I, I think that there's this big outcry because all these nerds like us, geeks mm-hmm. like us, really, really are excited that they have their Deadpool, and they're protective of it, and they don't want some angry parents talking about how they put their kid, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, there are always going to be kids who see R-rated movies, always going to be um, kids who, who who pick up these comics they shouldn't. And I, I think that's okay. You know, I, I don't think that Deadpool is going to damage these kids. I don't think that there's going to be that many parents upset. And if there is, who cares? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I overall don't think that a, a parent backlash will have any impact on Deadpool's future. Cool. I, I, you're absolutely right. Can't I can't say uh, you're wrong, um, but there's, you're still going to hear that outcry. It's going to be interesting to see. Um, I'm curious if it's the next Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know if it's going to be. Um, I, in fact, that's what I wrote in my blog. I, and and you bring up this rabid fan base that you know wants their Deadpool. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy had the luxury that no one read that book. <laughs> there was right. there was no. I mean, I was a fan of the Valentino run in '92, but no one read Guardians of the Galaxy, the new one. I mean, and you know what? I think it was Mark Millar that wrote it. Great writer, um, great premise. Or actually, maybe it was um, Straczynski that wrote it. I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm sure our listeners will will help me out with that. But 
Um, but it's, you know, so we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Let's let's uh, shift gears over. Give me a little background for our listeners, um, what you do in comics. Um, I know what you do, and I'm familiar with the company, but uh, give us the lowdown. Right. Um, I am Pat, and I, uh, I'm currently a staff writer and editor at Dennis Hope Entertainment. I write their multi-series uh, Robin Hood, Grim Fairy Tales, uh, Charmed, Season 10, based on the TV show, and some, some um, minis here and there, like Hell Child and Van Helsing. Um, I'm the editor there on some titles, such as Wonderland, and um, I'm also a freelance writer as well. I, I write the Charmed novels for HarperCollins and Joe Books. Mm-hmm. I'm working on some comic stuff as well. Um, I, I have some creator-owned comics from the works. Uh, I just did, did this one... Um, I've been pushing this one hard because it just came out in paperback. It's uh, it's dates the um, it's uh, this comics anthology of queer historical fiction, and it's really cool. It's by all these different cartoonists and writers, and they kickstarted it. It uh, it blew past the goal. Then I have a story in there that I co-created with um, the artist of Robin Hood, uh, Roberta Ingranata, uh, and yeah, that is just in paperback. I'm excited about that. Um, so I'm doing the, the Zenoscope stuff, the novels, and some stuff from the side as well. That's awesome. And it's, it's funny, too, because um, one of the things that, especially for people who are not in the industry, um, it, people within the industry, there is no, I mean, unless you're Brian Michael Bendis, Ed Brubaker, Robert Kirkman, I mean, you're generally you're multitasking. I mean, I'm writing comics, I'm drawing, um, you know, prints and sketches, I'm... Uh, writing music articles for AM New York. I'm designing websites. I'm doing graphic design work. I mean, it, it's amazing um, that, and it's, I'm glad you brought that up. So, how did you end up becoming uh, a staff writer at Zenoscope? Because that's actually a fixed position, and that's something that you know uh, I think a lot of of talents would love to have. Is that is that security of of, of having a fixed position in the industry? So, how'd you get that, or how'd you get there? Well. Um when I first published my first comic, it was just a two-page short. It was Angel at IDW. They were publishing their final uh, issue of Angel, and it was going to be an anthology. And I had become friends with those guys, the artists, the writers, the editors, um, by reviewing. You know, like mm-hmm. you said, we have to do all, all this press stuff, all this side stuff. And one of my big things was reviewing specifically Angel and Buffy Comics. So I knew all those guys, and they gave me a chance to pitch for the last thing out of the kindness of their hearts, and um, I got it. And then I used that as a stepping stone to um, try to get more work in the industry. And um, something I've never heard talked about much is, um, and I'm not sure how much I should talk about it, but is the idea <laughs> Please, that please, give us a scoop here. In the industry, if you get one email from one company, you have everyone who works there. You know, yeah. um, because if you see, say you email Zenoscope and someone replies to you about a question about sales, mm-hmm. you'll see how they format the names of the email. And then all you have to do is look up the editor <laughs> and then that name is that email, right? That yeah, is the you're right. to literally every company. This is how I've gotten any contact. And I've contacted <laughs> everybody. Um, so, so I hit up Ralph Tedesco, who is the editor in chief there. Because a friend of mine asked the sales questions to the uh, sales guy. Um, so I, I got Ralph's email that way. And um, I don't think he remembers any of this. Um, <laughs> but He does now. He will now if he I listens sent, to the podcast. I sent him uh, the uh, PDF of Angel. Um, 
and I sent him some creator on stuff just scripts so you can see my sense of dialogue. So as an editor now, sending the script to an editor is not the thing to do, you know? Yeah. Um, but he was able to see that I had actually published something that was decently big. Uh, so he, he gave me a shot. Um, he first put me on um, probably their their lowest ranking gig at that point, you know, because it wasn't it, it wasn't set in the schedule, you know. It was something that they were working toward. It wasn't their, like, big release. Um, it was a graphic novel of a... Uh, Spike TV's 1,000 Ways to Die adaptations. <laughs> so I was taking these scripts that hadn't been produced for this TV show. So it, it was 1,000 Ways to Die's like, lesser scripts and essentially turning them into comics. And some of them even had made their show. You know? So I was just telling the comic book version of an already televised show. So it was pretty much... Um, so he, he could have just publish those as is so it was almost a test i think sure to make sure that i was competent uh-huh and i guess that's uh he uh he then hired me on some one shots here and there like um every year their fairy tale series does a holiday special an annual all that kind of stuff so i, I was the one working on that stuff um and by the time that i had been offered a mini series i had written um a holiday special um, I co-wrote um, a few pieces of uh, this April Fool's one shot. It, it was just um, just little comedy stories, um, and I picked some creator on stuff to, to to Ralph, and that impressed him. Um, but at that point, I hadn't been giving a mini. But then um, in mid 2012, they hit me up and asked me to do Robin Hood, um, and once I got that. Hold on, my, my cat is making a bunch of noise. I'm just going to stop really quick. <laughs> it, the, always the hazards <laughs> of that. Um, Talk to me about right. the, so, hang on, Pat. I got, Talk I, got, to me. I got Robin Hood, and uh, that was my first movie. It was the first big break. And then um, I saw this other book solicited for the same month. Um, coming out in September 2012 was Robin Hood and Godstorm. They told me that Godstorm had no writer. Mm -hmm. got that. So I was suddenly writing too many series. And um, once both first issues were in, they liked them, and Ralph called me, asked how I would feel about going to exclusives, and um, I said, sure. Yeah. And that was two years, two years exclusive I spent up for them. And at the end of my run there, they just offered me a salaried um, writer slash editor job. That's awesome. That's awesome. We have about two minutes before the break. Tell me yeah. quickly... If you can, and if not, we'll continue it after the break. Talk to me about the pitch process, because that's a question. Look, I've been pitching comics, and I still, I'm always constantly trying to learn. Um, talk to me briefly, if you can, and we'll, like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll catch it up after break if we, if we have to. About the pitch process, what are editors looking for, and how is the pitch, like, you know, how does it work for you guys? All right. Um, I'll try to be quick. It's rough, because... Different publishers are looking for different things. Like at Zenoscope, they are looking for any creator else stuff. They are looking for any new ideas. Mm -hmm. We do all our ideas in house and then hire out. So what we need there is, um, if someone hits me up and says, "Oh, I have this creator on pitch," I'll say, "No, but do you have any samples of already published work?" Mm -hmm. They would have to send me an existing PDF of the comic they've already done, art and letters, so we can easily go through it and see how they work with the artist, mm -hmm. their dialogues on point, all that stuff. And as far as samples, that is pretty much a sweeping, this is how you do it. You know, mm -hmm. no one wants to see a script. Um, 
unless you're pitching a, a creator-owned book. And it, if, if someone allows that, they want to see the full first issue usually, or at least eight pages of the first issue, lettered, drawn, all that, and the script to, to see how you communicate it with the artist to get that final image. Okay. All right. When we return, because we're going to be pushing right up against break here, um, Pat, I want to hear your most memorable comic experiences. How did you know you made it? So when we get back here, secretsofthesire.com with Pat Shand. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. Are you looking for a show where people talk about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself? Well, then you have come to the right place because The Rob and Callie Show is doing just that. For the last 10 years, Rob and I have been having our own version of Sunday morning therapy sessions on the phone. And now we're bringing it to the radio. So tune in and call in live Wednesdays, 8 to 8.30 on talkradio.myc. And that's Eastern Standard Time. So join us. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back. Secrets of the Sire, brought to you by our friends at Sports Tech. Check out their GoFundMe page. That's Sports, S-P-O-R-T-S-T-E-K. GoFundMe.com. Improve your golf game. Um, I would love to be golfing right now because it is ridiculously cold outside. Um, Pat, you are now a native New Yorker. Uh, you recently moved out here now. Um, what, do you, what do you think of the cold? I think you were in San Diego, weren't you? I was. Um, what, you, what were you thinking? <laughs> well, you know, it was freezing last night. Last night was cold. Um, but this has been the easiest winter ever. Uh, yes. I know that that's because of bad, bad issues. You know, <laughs> if anyone doesn't believe in global warming, they're out of their mind. Right now, it, it's not as cold as it should be. You know, this entire winter has been an absolute breeze. Um, so I, I'm feeling great, you know. <laughs> I have the um, AC on. So long in San Diego, and um, it's actually freezing there in the mornings. Yeah, I've been I've been fine here. Because right. the, the thing about San Diego is they don't have you have to buy air conditioner, you have to buy heat. Apartments don't have that there. They assume that you don't need that, but you do. So <laughs> I'm actually more comfortable here. Okay, well that's something I didn't know because um, now obviously you lived out in San Diego, so I'm sure you've attended San Diego San Diego Comic Con. Uh, what are your impressions there? I did. Um, I, I like it well enough. I also, uh, on this front, I think that New York is better as far as Comic Con goes. Mm-hmm. San Diego is, is too hectic. You it's know, a bonanza. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, and it's just, especially if you go there with a publisher, it's just a constant onslaught. You know? and, and the artist alley there isn't as um, 
it's not as big of a draw usually because a lot of the people who go there are interested in seeing when um, Iron Man 14 is coming out. You right. Know, it, it, it's not about the artist there, unfortunately. I'll actually Which, be there. I'll be there yeah. in Artist Alley this year. So first time. Oh, sweet. First time in 13 years having a table out there. Um, so it'll be uh, it'll be neat to see what the experience is like for sure. I, I will see you there. Um, oh, awesome. So I, I, I will say what I love about that con is I love the Eisners. I don't know what it is. I know that some people feel that award shows are empty, but mm-hmm. I I've cried at every Eisner. You know? <laughs> every time I see someone just floored that they won, it's just such a just it's it's a very emotional experience for me seeing someone. In this industry, where you you work alone and you work kind of in a vacuum, you know, it's yeah. very hard to hear back sometimes to hear what people think. But to see these people just so pleased that they won is something that's awesome to me, and that's exclusive to the Eisners because that's like our Oscars. Yeah. You know? So that that yep. I do love. So um, you described emotional experience. Um, I kind of recounted for our, our listeners um, in the first segment. My, you know making it moment i had two moments one was at a chicago con, uh, a wizard world chicago in 2006 when the sire was first published and uh, a guy came up to me with a blank cover um not blank cover just wasn't autographed and my initial instinct was to be like well i didn't sign this for you when i sold it to you and he said no i bought this in a store and i knew you were going to be here and i wanted to get your autograph that was my that was my making it moment in comics when I first realized I was a professional. What kind of experience do you have, or do you have something where you kind of sat back and go, holy crap, I'm I'm making comics now? Um, yeah, you know, um, just a, it, it was more of a build of a few separate moments. Mm-hmm. Um, like, honestly, the first time that I went to a comic book store, and um, it was the day that Angel Yearbook was coming out, the first one I was in, mm-hmm. and um, I, I saw it on the shelf next to the Buffy comic that was going <laughs> on a dark horse that Josh Whedon himself was writing. So those two together, and I was like, shit, you know, um, I mean, Buffy and Angel to me are, are the best shows of all time, and yeah. I'm in that, and that's awesome. Um, <laughs> other time, another time was... Um, that's just great, actually. Hang on, that's just great, because I'm a huge Buffy fan, um, I'm loving the run that Dark Horse is doing right now. Um, I think Angel is is a, is is an underrated character. That was actually an underrated show. Um, I'm Spike's my guy though. I was always a big Spike guy. I think that was my favorite guy. Um, so that's got to be really neat. I mean, I actually, I, you know, I knew the editor at Buffy uh, or the Buffy editor, but he was there very briefly. It was Jim Gibbons, um, but he's now moved on to another company now. Um, you know, so in the back of my head, I was always like, man, I would I would love to take a crack. At, at this universe, and you got to actually do that. What was that like? I mean, um, it was the best. You know, I couldn't imagine a better first gig because, all right, I love to write for Marvel and DC. I love to do all these iconic superheroes. But to me, it's Buffy and Angel. You know, those those are my superheroes. Yeah. I, I wasn't raised on superheroes. You know, I I enjoy them now as an adult, but that that wasn't my childhood. So I don't have that nostalgia. But Buffy, I've I've held the idea that Buffy is the best show of all time since I was eleven years old. <laughs> you know, there's been no movement there, so so it, that's been my, my hero. Um, so yeah, it was very much a dream come true. That's awesome, and you got to see it on the shelf. Um, how's the convention experience for you? Um, the interaction with fans, what's that like for you? Um, I mean, as, as far as these big moments that you were mentioning. Uh, 
the first time that someone like came up to me and cried was incredible. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, I remember her name, and uh, she just had she had this backpack. No, it wasn't even a backpack. It it, it was a, a luggage bag full of comics. And um, the last comic con I went to before that one, I had um, I think Robin and Gosselin were just coming out. Mm-hmm. And I, I went to some small conventions between these ones. But at this con, I had published like 80 comics in a year. Yeah. And she had all of them. She had every variant. And I, I just spent an hour <laughs> signing all those books. And um, I've it a couple of times since then. And um, it, it's, it's mind-boggling to me. Like, wh- why would you like me that much? I have no idea. My engineer, Sam, actually, you know, he kind of opened his mouth wide when you said that. And I've actually had a similar experience. I was at uh, Heroes Con back in 2010. And this guy rolled up with his, uh, you know, they got the roller with the long box in it. And right. he reached in to one of the sections and pulled out a, a stack. I mean, I, I, you know, I think I've had about 15 comics uh, published uh, in, my, in my lifetime, my career so far to date. And uh, more coming, hopefully, in the future. But he reached in and pulled out every single book I'd ever done anything. So I've colored books. I've written books. Um, and recently just, wrote, uh, recently just drew a book. And uh, very poorly, I might add. And uh, he pulled out everything I'd ever I'd ever done. He's like, "Yep, you're on my list. Uh, here's this. Here's this." And he pulled out. I mean, he pulled out a book I colored for Silent Devil uh, back in 2005. If you, re- I don't know if you remember Silent Devil. That was a great little indie startup. Got a lot of press in Wizard. I mean, I was just I was shocked. I was like, "You have this book? Like, <laughs> no one has this book. I know no one has this book because no one bought this book." I would be working on this book if people bought this book and you own this book. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Um, So give our listeners your tips on on making it. Uh, You mentioned networking, I think, is and and I'd love to talk about that with you, too, because I think that's just a key component that a lot of people don't realize. But what are your key tips for people, you know, you're a li- um, if we have Periscope people streaming the show right now from different countries, we have listeners on TalkingAlternative.com at all, you know, from the entire globe, and you're a 14-year-old kid somewhere in Russia or France or the U.S., and you want to make comics, give us, give that, um, him or her, your advice. All right, my, my, my number one advice is just, just make the comics, because... The, the thing I see most common that boggles my mind is this. A writer messages me or emails me on, on, on any platform, I'll talk to you. I get a message, and they have no samples to show me, no published work, no, mm-hmm. no, no self-published PDFs, nothing. And I say, hey, you know, the best thing that you could do is pair with an artist, get your stuff lettered, and come back to me, and I'll look at this. And the response is 90% of the time, I had an artist and they flaked. Well, mm-hmm. that doesn't matter. You know, and, and you should never tell an editor that. Because right now, the editor has requested something from you, and you are in terms flaking on the editor. Yep. You should be doing everything you can to show that this is what you want, you know, that this is your dream job. It's so many people's dream job. I worked with very poorly... Um, very bad artist at first, you know, I hired some guy, um, this guy who was essentially drawn with colored pencils. <laughs> it's better than I could, of course. Uh-huh. So I paid him 10 bucks a page and we got our sample done. 
I was like 20 years old then. You know, yeah. I didn't have any money. Mm-hmm. I, I found quarters, and I took the quarters to the bank, got a few dollars, and then I went to, to somewhere where I could wire this guy some money. You know, mm-hmm. I, 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 I had no money, but I needed to get this done to have a sample. Yep. And that sample is the most important thing you can have because it's proof that not only can you write, not only can you create dialogue, but that you're not going to be one of those people who makes excuses for themselves. And that's rare. It's shockingly rare here. I think you actually you touch on a really really good point there because that's you know people come up to me at, at conventions I want to I want to do comics I want to do comics and some you know I mean look you have young you have some young kids come up to you with their sketchbooks and the first words out of my mouth are okay we need to see some sequentials but you can tell they're they're learning they haven't taken any art classes um, you know they're not they're not like the next Jim Lee uh, in terms of raw talent but that doesn't mean they're not going to make it um, if they try but my advice is always make comics okay go out and make comics you know and and Tom Hutchinson of uh, Big Dog Inc um, I'm sure you've heard of that yeah he actually came up to my table in Wizard of Los Angeles 2007 and he's like, "Hey, I love the book. I love I love the sire." He's like, "I want to I want to make, make make yeah, I want to make my own comics. What what advice?" And I'm like, "Go make them. Just go make them." And he actually, you know, the funny thing is, he actually ended up doing it better than I even did in terms of the marketing and promotion. Like he got it. Like and to this day, like I am I am like so proud. I'm not claiming any any um um success of of his is is thanks to, you know, a few sentences at a convention. But I do sit back and say, like, that guy totally gets it. He, he went out there, and then he would visit comic stores. He would – he was just – it was just great. And I would love to see the next up-and-coming uh, comic book writer, artist, you know, do the same. Definitely. So we are coming up against the break. Um, Pat, it has been a pleasure having you on, and uh, we're going to definitely uh, talk some more as well. Uh, we'll see each other. You're in New York, so we'll definitely uh, catch up as well. Um, get with uh, We have a minute to go. Give uh, everyone a rundown of some upcoming projects that you'd like to plug, because we, no, we have no shame on this show, and uh, we, we are here to plug as many of our friends as possible. So 30 seconds. Give me, give me some stuff you're working on. All right, great. Um, on social media, I'm Pat Shand. There, I just post the, the, the link to pre-order the date anthology paperback. Um, I have Hell Trial number one, a brand new miniseries coming out in March. The, the last issue of Robin Hood is coming out in April. It's a big one-shot finale. You can come on without ever having read anything. Um, and I'm still on Charm and Fairy Tales. That's awesome. It's uh, Zenoscope.com, right? Zenoscope.com? Yeah. Okay. Go to Zenoscope.com, um, but not... Uh, until the show is over on TalkingAlternative.com. Uh, keep streaming us. Pat, thank you so much. Uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking or we're going to be hearing some more comic book experiences from industry professionals. Secrets of the Sire, TalkingAlternative.com. You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and storytelling? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your brand new radio host on talkradio.nyc. I've been professionally writing and drawing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for over 15 years. 
Catch my new show, Secrets of the Sire, Fridays at 11 a.m. and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com right now. TalkingAlternative.com Welcome back, Secrets of the Sire. Talking comics, movies, TV, pop culture on TalkingAlternative.com. Every Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern, we're the fun hour. We talk about all the cool things. Uh, I want to thank my guest, Pat Shand. I can spell his name S-H-A-N-D. If anybody wants to look him up, go to Zenoscope.com. He's doing a lot of cool things. I want to give a shout-out to some friends as well at the Long Beach Comic Expo. Uh, A lot of great people put on... A great, tremendously great show um, in Long Beach. They also put on the New Jersey Comic Book Expo um, that just took place in November. But Long Beach Comic Expo is taking place February 20th to the 21st. Um, It's at the Long Beach Convention Center. Um, They have their big show is in September. Uh, Great guys, great show, great comic book show. So check them out at longbeachcomicexpo.com. And I also want to thank our sponsors as well, which is Sports Tech. Sports Tech will help you improve your golf game. And if you've heard my story of how awful I am, um, I need this just as well as anyone else. Um, it's, um, it's great. Go be a part of the creation. Visit their page, gofundme.com slash sportstech, T-E-K. Um, if you are interested in becoming a sponsor, go to thesecretsofthesire.com. There's a big thing that says become a sponsor. We've got some awesome packages. Get your message heard worldwide. We're streaming on Periscope as well. My handle is at Michael underscore Dolce. Um, feel kind of bad for the Periscope peeps sometimes because they, um, you know, they, they can't hear the full show, but we're working on that, and they will be able to hear the interviews um, going forward starting next week. It would be pretty cool. Although, ironically enough, I don't think we have an interview next week, but that's okay. Um, Talking comics, the most memorable moments. Good friend of mine, Talent Caldwell. He um, he liked to he liked to describe his comic book experience as the Aaron Rodgers experience. Um, he was groomed under Michael Turner. Uh, Michael Turner uh, was one of the best um, and most successful artists in the industry. Um, passed away from cancer about ten years ago. Very young, was thirty. I think he was thirty-seven. Um, his work is still to this day um, just recognized everywhere um and tal got to actually work under him and it was really really great and he said my most memorable experience too many to rank however i can say with absolute conviction my most grateful experience were my first few years at top cow the art studio bullpen atmosphere of a collection of some of the best professionals intermixed with a rotary of art interns graphic designers and behind the scenes look at production of comic books all helped me grow and mature as an artist as a professional and as a man I'm so very grateful for that time uh, to been a part of it and develop in an art studio system. And that's the thing, you know, and that's what we're kind of talking about. There's so many different roads. There's so many different avenues. There's so many different ways that you can kind of consider you having made it 
in the industry. Um, we talked about my experience at Chicago Comic Con. Um, you know, having somebody that I had never met before buy my book, come on out. Um, Pat Shand, our guest, uh, editor, writer at Zenoscope, he actually brought up another th- um, moment that I had at a convention. Someone bought the book on a Friday, came back immediately on a Saturday, said, The Sire is great. This is really awesome. Um, you know, and she drew me a sketch. And, in, and I have it. It's a, it was a sketch of one of the characters called Bard. That was her favorite character. Um, I got that framed sitting in my in my studio, and uh, it still kind of makes me laugh and, and, and makes me smile that um, something that I did had an impact on somebody I had never met previous to before they picked up that book. So it's really, really cool. Um, Mark McKenna, a good friend of mine, and he is um, he's actually um, a longtime Marvel inker. I mean, this guy has done... Uh, you name it, I mean, Punisher, X-Men, uh, Spider-Man, I mean, he's inked it all. Um, he actually, he wrote in, uh, my first officially printed work was for Marvel. When I was on staff in 1986, I inked two or three pages in uh, Sectors number four. I- I've never even heard of that book, um, but you got to start somewhere. And I recall slaving over those pages, and then to see my name in the credits felt like I made it. And that's, Pat kind of talked about it too, walking into a comic book store, seeing your name, uh, you know, on the label, uh, on the cover of a comic book um, for Pat, it was Angel. I mean, which is one of my all-time favorite characters, the Buffy universe. Um, for Mark McKenna, I mean, he have, he worked on a on a no-name book you've never heard of. I I mean, I did the same thing too. I I worked you know on some some pretty obscure books. Um, I got to do some coloring for uh, uh, Bubba the Redneck Werewolf, which will be a uh, Sam Sam laughed at that one. My man Mitch. Mitch Hyman, I hope you're listening out there. Um, the Bubba movie is coming out. It's awesome. Um, really, really cool stuff. But yeah, I mean, back then it was it was indie guys like us just slaving, trying to get stuff out. And, um, you know, that's, that's what you got to do to make it. I mean, it's networking, it's slaving, it's working, it's doing whatever you can, and it's getting stuff out. Gail Simone was uh, kind enough to hit me on Twitter. Or no, hit me up on Twitter. She can't literally hit me. Um, she's actually a Deadpool writer. So, writing Deadpool was a blast. I couldn't believe people actually wanted to read the odd noises in my brain. Um, a lot of us feel this way. Um, when I write, I tend to just write something that I would want to read, and I hope that other people want to read it. Same thing when I'm on the air right now. I just talk, and I hope that people want to hear me. And um, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's an awe-inspiring um, feeling. Uh, we got Russell Brett Holtz. Now, I, I don't know Russell. I'm friends with Mark. I'm friends with Tal. Um, I know Gail. Uh, I know I'm actually good friends with uh, her penciler, Jim Calafiori, who uh, they do Leaving Megalopolis um, in, uh, for Dark Horse Comics. It was actually a Kickstarter campaign, and they got picked up by Dark Horse. Um, you know, but Russell actually came out to the Secrets of the Sire Facebook page. I'd asked for any comic book peeps, and always love the interaction. His first experience was near Comic-Con 2015, working the Darby Pop booth, selling my debut comic, Sidekick. Sold out every last copy the publisher brought at 5 on Saturday night. Just the most incredible feeling of accomplishment. That's a, that's a big thing, too. And he, and he, Russell, thank you. Check out Sidekicked Comics on Facebook. You can actually link over there. It's on the Secrets of the Sire page. Um, when... He, it's interesting. The comic book convention has shifted over the last, I don't know, five years or so. 
Uh, New York Comic Con is an absolute beast. Um, that's my home base, so I'm there all four or five days. It's gone from the comic book reader to the comic book enthusiast, the comic character enthusiast, the comic costume uh, cosplay enthusiast, um, to people that just enjoy the artwork um, or just enjoy the characters or just want to try something new or read something or, or experience something that they've never experienced before. And this year's show was the first year that I had I had started doing prints um, where... Not the first show. I guess last year was the first show. But uh, my uh, my partner in crime at these conventions, um, talented writer named James Macia, uh, went to college with him. Um, he's actually written some really really cool underground indie books. Um, the Poe Murders. Go look up the Poe Murders. It takes all of Edgar Allan Poe's stories and mashes them up into one graphic novel murder mystery. Um, you know, he started saying, you know, we need to start doing some prints. And I'm like, I, I don't want to make it as prints. I want to make, you know, I want I want people to read my comics. I'm not, you know, I, I'll do sketches. I love doing sketches. I love the interaction. Um, but prints, it's like, boy, that just seems like all business to me. And, and, and you know, and he says, no, no, we got to do it. We got to do it. And he, you know, inspired me. Um, he blew me out of the water in terms of the amount of prints that he was able to to do. And his prints are extremely clever. Um, a lot of mashups, a lot of Deadpool riding a Chocobo, um, the Jawas unhinging the um, uh, Doctor Who's phone booth, the tortoise, and, and walking away with it. I mean, these are really clever prints. They're awesome. Uh, look up James Macia. Um, he's on DeviantArt. He's on Facebook. He's on, um, uh, he's on one of the store sites, too. Uh, that, oh, uh, TeePublic. You can check out his stuff on TeePublic. Um, really, really cool stuff. And this year I started doing a print. I did an exclusive print for near Comic-Con call. And it was Tom Brady um, as the deflator um, based on the classic Frank Miller Wolverine number one cover. So it's got Tom Brady with a crazed look in his eyes and his claws popped. Um, and he's saying, come here, balls. I'll post that to Secrets of the Sire page a little later today. And it was cool. And just kind of like what Russell said, you know, we did an exclusive about 100 prints, um, nearly sold out of all of them. Um, James had a Mets versus Yankees X-Men print that he had kind of come up with and he sold out of all 50 of his and there's a there's a feeling of satisfaction and there's a feeling of accomplishment and the one thing that you know the one takeaway from today is this feeling can be experienced if you want it hard enough if you want it enough and and you're willing to do the work and I was always willing to do the work but I didn't understand just the level of you know, that you need to consistently keep putting work out. And so for every up-and-coming person out there that is interested in breaking into the comic book medium, um, you know, that's my one advice. And it's the same advice I gave, you know, 10 years ago that I'm going to give today is that you just got to work and just keep putting books out. We had a tremendous show today. Again, want to thank my sponsors, Sports Tech, S-P-O-R-T-S-T-E-K, you can uh, go to the GoFundMe page under that name and go check out their awesome uh, product that they're that they're hoping to launch into the world. Um, it's great stuff. Um, if you want to become a sponsor, go to secretsofthesire.com slash sponsor. It's pretty easy. There's a become the sponsor right, right there on the homepage. You can always click on that. Um, if you're interested in any of the books that I've done, go to mikebooks.com. There's also a link 
on the Secrets of the Sire page. We are shameless pluggers of our wares here. I want to thank Pat Shand, Zenoscope.com. Go check him out. He's got Robin Hood. He's got a whole bunch of really, really awesome um, comics that he's been working on. And next week, assuming my wife does not go into labor, we are on Baby Watch 2016. We're going to be talking Walking Dead. Walking Dead is coming back. I'm going to give you my take on Walking Dead. I actually think the TV show is way better than the comic, and I'll tell you exactly why. And um, I'm sure that will ruffle a few feathers, but we're going to talk about comic book-based TV shows like Walking Dead and TV shows that are actually better than the source material they came from. This has been Secrets of the Sire. Catch us on Periscope at Michael underscore Dolce. Twitter.com slash Michael underscore Dolce. We'll have a show page starting next week. And um, it's been a blast. And uh, oh, coming up next, we've got Joan and JC. Joan is actually waving to me from the studio. Thanks to my Periscope peeps for tuning in. 21st Century Entrepreneur coming up next. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and storytelling? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your brand new radio host on talkradio.nyc. I've been professionally writing and drawing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for over 15 years. Catch my new show, Secrets of the Sire, Fridays at 11 a.m. and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com right now. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And And welcome welcome to to 21st Century Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun. For you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business. And your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21stCE Radio or Talk Alternative. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Are you on a path of consciousness or spirit? Is personal or spiritual empowerment important to you? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant, and I am here to answer your questions and bring you experts in all areas of life to raise your awareness and support you in your evolution. Tune in at my new time, Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern on www.talkradio.nyc. That's Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.